السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله قال رب شح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقتة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما All praise and thanks is due to Allah Azza wa Jal. Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah. Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of times. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Alhamdulillah, thumma Alhamdulillah. We have completed the Khulafa Rashidin and we covered the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, of Umar radiallahu an, Uthman radiallahu an, and Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an, Jamia. And obviously we did not go into too much detail as each of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and especially the Khulafa Rashidin, they can take up to a few weeks, if not a few months, just on one of them. So this series that we are busy with, yani, it is more but a introduction. It is like a teaser. It is there so that we can know what was their names, when were they born, etc. A bit of important information in their life before becoming Khalifas, etc. And this should make us go out and learn more about them, read books on them, study their ways. Because if we know the ways of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa two things will happen. Number one, we get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we live and we try to live our life like how they live their lives in the company of the best of creation, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And number two, it creates a love for the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we will be looking at Talha ibn Ubaidullah. And Talha ibn Ubaidullah, we heard this name when we studied Ali radiallahu an, and to a certain extent when we studied Uthman radiallahu an's life towards the end, when he was in the state of under house arrest and he was about to be martyred. But in the time of Ali radiallahu an, in the Khalifa of Ali radiallahu an, we heard this name Talha quite often. And Talha radiallahu an, he was a soldier of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> he was extremely generous. He had a huge heart. He was someone filled with kindness. He was as brave as you get. He's known as Talha. He's known as Talha, the one who spent in the path of Allah, the one who protected Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. His name and his lineage. He is Talha ibn Ubaidullah, ibn Uthman, ibn Amr, ibn Ka'b, 
Ibn Sa'd, Ibn Taym, Ibn Murrah, Ibn Ka'b, Ibn Lu'i, Ibn Ghalib, Ibn Fihr, Ibn Malik, Ibn Nawr, Ibn Kinana al-Qurashi al-Taymi al-Makki. Talha radiyallahu anhi meets Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by Murrah ibn Ka'b. This also highlights and this teaches us an important lesson, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, that there was a strong family bond, a strong family link between renowned companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the companions. If we looked at the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, we looked at Umar, Uthman Ali, we would find that they would meet somehow with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's lineage, either by their grandfathers or their great-grandfathers, etc. And this shows us a link between Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the companions. This also teaches us an important lesson, that we should know our lineage. Not that our lineage is supposed to make us boastful, not that our lineage is supposed to make us extra pious, no. But rather we should know who our family is, where do we come from? This is important. And similarly with Talha ibn Ubaidullah, he meets with Abu Bakr radiallahu an as well. Where? At At-Taym ibn Murrah. Both of them were from the Taym tribe and Allah knows best. His mother is Al-Hadramiyah. Her name is Sa'ba bint Abdullah. Ibn Imad ibn Malik ibn Rabi'ah ibn Akbar ibn Malik ibn Al-Khazraj ibn Iyad ibn Al-Sadaf ibn Hadramaut ibn Kinda. Her father, Abdullah, is known as Al-Hadrami and she is called the daughter of Al-Hadrami. Her mother was Atika bint Wahb ibn Abd Ibn Qusay ibn Kilab. Wah ibn Abd was in charge of Ar-Rifadah, feeding the pilgrims. So their job was to feed the pilgrims. People came from Hajj. And obviously when people came to Hajj in those years, there was no Saudi Airlines or Emirates or whatever other airlines you know. But people came by camel. Took them years, took them months to come. And this tribe's job was to feed the pilgrims. And what a better way to gain reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than to feed the pilgrims of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we will notice that Sayyidina Talha, or Talha ibn Ubaidullah, that his lineage via his maternal grandmother meets up with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once again, but where? At Qusay ibn Kilab, the forefather of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's Agno, right? He's Kunya. Talha was well known by Abu Muhammad. 
and this stuck with him throughout his life and he never separated himself from this. So his son's name was Muhammad and this was also in some reports they narrate that this is his love that he had for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he named his son Muhammad so that he can be known as Abu Muhammad, the father of Muhammad. And we will see a bit later that how Talha radiyallahu an, how he manifested his love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His title. Talha was recognized by a few titles which indicate traits of a noble being and qualities of this great individual as well as his noble personality and his characteristics. This was Talha. He, some of his titles were known as Talha Al-Fayad. The Talha the Magnificent. He was also known as Talha Al-Khair, the Excellent. He was also known as Talha Al-Jud, the Generous One. Talha they would like to spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we should always be of those that people when they speak about us or when people remember us, they remember us for good qualities. They remember us for people that we strove in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We spent in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We had good akhlaq, we had good character. Not that we want people to praise us. But when we live in a time, subhanallah, that when people sometimes passes away and other people speak about them, they tend to be remembered for worldly things. Did you know, mashallah, he had a fast car? Did you know, mashallah, he had a big house? He had such a job, etc. Nothing wrong with having these things. But why is it that we cannot be remembered that, mashallah, this was a great person? He was someone that spent in the path of Allah. He was someone that had good akhlaq. And this is something that we should strive for. And these titles was earned by Talha. Not that he wanted people to praise him, but this is what people knew Talha ibn Ubaidullah as. And the hadith concerning the reason for these titles were awarded to Talha, which we will see a bit later. Bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. His description. The reason why we go into a physical description of the companions so that we can get a bit of an idea. There's obviously no pictures of them, obviously no videos, etc. But so that we can have, we can paint a picture in our mind. And we find that Ibn Sa'd in his tabaqat, he mentions that he says that Talha was brown of complexion. He had a lot of hair. His hair was not extremely curly, nor was it very straight. He had a handsome face. He walked with a quick pace, and he never dyed his hair. Musa ibn Talha 
was one of the sons of Abu Muhammad Talha ibn Ubaidullah. He described his father in the following way. My father was fair in complexion with a tinge of redness. His height was average. He leaned towards a shorter side. He had a very wide chest and broad shoulders. He had fleshy feet. And when he turned, he turned his whole body. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, an important point as well. When we look at the description of the companions, we also see the importance that the ulama of this ummah, and especially the scholars of hadith, that they would give in recording not just names not just the year they were born not just the year that they passed away but rather how they looked how they interacted etc and this was not just for the companions this was for the tabi'in this was for the peep generation after the tabi'in this was for the narrators of hadith as well this is why you would find sciences like ilmu rijal the science of the men of hadith You'll study them in detail. You know where they are from, where they lived, who they studied under, who were their students. And this is all to record the sayings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and to make sure that no fabrications and no extremely weak ahadith are crept into this ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the next important point I would like to look at is his wives and his children. Talha radiallahu anhi had a number of wives at different times obviously. Four of them were sisters of the Ummahatul Mu'minin. The wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Namely, Umm Kulthum bin Abi Bakr, the sister of Aisha. Hamna bin Jahsh, the sister of Zainab. Fari'ah. Bint Abi Sufyan, the sister of Um Habiba, and Ruqayya, Bint Abi Umayya, the sister of Um Salama. Talha radiallahu an, he had 11 sons and 4 daughters. So he was married to Hamna bin Jahsh. Her mother was Umayma bint Abdul Muttalib ibn Hashim ibn Abdul Manaf ibn Qusay. Again, we see a link with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's lineage. She bore him the children of Muhammad. He is As-Sajjad. Talha's agnum is given after him. Talha is known as Abu Muhammad, as we mentioned earlier. He was killed with his father on the day of Jamal. This we discussed in detail when we did the life of Ali radiallahu Second was Imran ibn Talha. The second wife was Khawla bint Al-Qa'qa ibn Ma'bad ibn Zurara ibn Addas ibn Zayd. She was from the Banu Tamim tribe. Al-Qa'qa was titled Tayyar Al-Furat, the flowing Euphrates, due to his generosity. 
So Al-Qa'qa was a person that was extremely generous. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that are generous. The children from her were Musa bin Talha. The third wife was Um Aban bin Utbah. Ibn Rabi'a ibn Abd shams The children from her was Ya'qub ibn Talha. He was also big-hearted, meaning generous. He was killed on the day of Hara. Second was Ismail ibn Talha. The third was Ishaq ibn Talha. Um Kulthum bint Abi Bakr as-Siddiq. So this was the sister of Aisha radiallahu anha. Children from her were Yani Zakaria, Yusuf and Aisha. The fifth wife was Su'dah bint Awf ibn Kha ibn Kharijah. Children from her was Isa, Yahya, and number six was Al Jarba um Al Harith bint Qasama bint Hanzala ibn Wahb from Tay. Children from her was Um Ishaq bin Talha, Hassan, Ibn Ali, Ibn Abi Talib. Right, so Hassan, Ibn Ali, Ibn Abi Talib. This was the son of Ali radiallahu anhu. He married her and she bore three children for him amongst whom was a son named Talha. After her husband's demise, Hussein ibn Ali married her and she gave birth to his daughter, Fatima. Other children included Su'bah bin Talha, her mother was an Umm Walad. Maryam bin Talha, her mother as well, was an Umm Walad. Salih bin Talha, he passed away in infancy, his mother was Farah bint Ali Subayya from the Banu Taghlib tribe again and Umm Walad. The next important point we would like to look at is his Islam. And Talha radiallahu anhi recognized the truth of Islam in the very beginning and entered the faith early on. He entered the faith on the invitation of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu This invitation came after Talha's journey to Basra where he met a rabbi who gave him glad tidings of the arrival of a Nabi, of the arrival of a Prophet. Here again proves to us and shows us that in the Torah as well as in the Injil, it is mentioned that they would come a person, Ismuhu Ahmad, that his name was Ahmad, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Again, we learn that the books of the past, the Torah and the Injil, spoke about the coming of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Talha radiallahu anhi speaks about his journey in the report of Imam al-Bayhaqi by saying that I attended the market of Basra when suddenly I heard a rabbi and this rabbi started calling out, he started to scream, ask the attendees of this fair, is there anyone among them from the inhabitants of the Haram, meaning from Mecca? I said yes. 
He asked me, has Ahmad appeared yet? Who is Ahmad? I inquired and he explained that Ahmad is the son of Abdullah, Ibn Abdul Muttalib. This is the month he ought to emerge in. He is the last of the messengers. He will emerge from the haram and he will immigrate to the date palms, rocky tracks and a salt marsh. Beware of being beaten to him. Subhanallah. So yeah, the rabbi, he does not only just say that Ahmad is going to appear. He goes quite into detail who Muhammad sallallahu he gives quite a bit of his lineage. Muhammad, or he is Ahmad, the son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib. He says that this is the month most probably he was supposed to be born or emerge. This was also known that he is going to be the last of the messengers. He will emerge from the Haram, from Mecca, and he will immigrate to the date palms, rocky tracks, and Salmash, which is Medina. So here Talha continues and he says, His words affected my heart. So I made all haste back to Mecca, meaning I rushed back to Mecca. As soon as I reached Mecca, I asked, Has something new transpired? They said, Yes. Muhammad ibn Abdullah is the trustworthy, has claimed prophethood, and Ibn Abi Kuhafa has followed him. Subhanallah. So who is Ibn Abi Kuhafa? Sees Abu Bakr radiallahu So I went up to Abu Bakr radiallahu and I said, have you followed this man? He replied in the affirmative and he said yes. So proceed to him and enter his presence and follow him for indeed he invites to the truth. Talha informed him of what the rabbi said. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhi took Talha. He took Talha and he entered the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Talha embraced Islam and informed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam what the rabbi had said. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was pleased with this information. So here my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we see that Talha, he embraces Islam at the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but again, first going to who? Going to Abu Bakr radiallahu an. And this shows you Abu Bakr radiallahu an's status. This shows us his makana, that Abu Bakr radiallahu an indeed was someone that he loved Allah and he loved his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That whoever came to him and asked, so who is this Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? He said, look, come, let us show you, let me explain to you what is Islam, who is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and let us go and you embrace Islam. This should be our way as well. We should be excited. We should be honored when someone asks us about the deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We should want to invite people to Islam. However, in today's time, we find the opposite. We find that people have become shy that we try to hide our Islam. 
where are those days when Muhammad would walk out as a person that wants to show his Islam? But today we find that Muhammad he rather hides behind and he says, no, my name is Mo. Or when you speak to Yusuf and he will say, no, that I am Joe. This is something that we should try to get away. Look at the lessons of how Talha embraces Islam. Look at how Abu Bakr radiallahu an spread Islam. Look how Umar radiallahu an how he embraced Islam and what he did for Islam. Look at Uthman radiallahu an. Look at Ali radiallahu an. This is our role models. This is what we should be following. So Talha, the next point, his perseverance in the face of trials and tribulations. So Talha radiallahu an, he was an affluent person and a prominent person in society. He also had his fair share of persecution and maltreatment from the Mushrikun. The Quraysh appointed one of the most haughtiest of their chiefs to cause distress to Talha. And his name was Nawfal ibn Khuwailid, who was titled the Lion of the Quraysh. So this person was a lion of the Quraysh, as he was in tight, was that was his title. He was extremely haughty, and he hated Islam. So Imam Al Bayhaqi he brings a report in his book, and he says that after Abu Bakr and Talha accepted Islam, Nawfal, Ibn Khuwailid, Ibn he grabbed Talha and he grabbed Abu Bakr and he tied them with one rope. The Banu Taim did not defend them, meaning their tribe. So what we need to also understand, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, that in the time of the Quraysh, the time of the Prophet early Islam, times of Makkah and Medina, your tribe would generally come out and defend you. But here we find once they embraced Islam, that the tribe did not defend them. We find also in our times today, that sometimes our families, when we've adopted the truth, when we want to follow the Quran, when we want to follow the Sunnah, upon the understanding of the pious predecessors, we have taken a step in our life, in a certain direction that we would like to obey Allah Azza wa Jal and we do not want to follow the norms of society that sometimes our family members, they would reject us. And if this could happen to the best of creation, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, salawatullahi wa salamu if this could happen to the best of the men and women after him, then where does this leave myself and yourselves? We shouldn't be scared. We should embrace it. So Nawfal ibn Khuwailid, he was called the Lion of the Quraysh, as I mentioned earlier. Due to tying them up together, Abu Bakr and Talha, they were known as the two that were tied together. And despite the rank he held amongst his people, 
it did not prevent them from ill-treating him and harming him. So now, going back to Talha, that, like we mentioned, he was someone that was wealthy, he was someone that had a very high status in the community. But when he embraced Islam, his own people started to ill-treat him. His own people started to harm him. And Nawfal ibn Khuwaylid, he tried to harm him. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he sought Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection against this wicked man. And Imam al-Bayhaqi reports that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he said, Ya Allah, O Allah, protect us from the evil of Ibn al-Adawiyyah. This was Nawfal ibn Khuwaylid. So here we learn, my beloved brothers, that and sisters in Islam, that this teaches us a lesson that the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went through great persecution. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went through great persecution. And again, we might not be fighting a physical war. We might not have been arrested for our deen. We might not be tortured. But yes, we are going to go through difficulties. We are going to go through hardship. We are going to go through trials and tribulations. People might write against Islam. People might speak ill against Islam. And this is where we as an ummah need to come together. This is where we have to stand up. And we can become warriors of this ummah. Whether it's by supporting an organization. Whether it's by putting up an Islamic status. Whether it's by sending our children to study the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Supporting the ulama. Supporting the scholars of this deen. Supporting the students of knowledge. This in itself is protecting the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and standing up for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, you are going to get some flack for this. Even from your own family as I mentioned earlier. But stand firm and know that as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as he said, that know that the commodity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, ex- is expensive. It is costly. And know that this commodity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Jannah. You have to work to get to Jannah. So now we're going to look at glimpses at the virtues and the excellence of Talha radiyallahu anhu. Talha radiyallahu an is one of the most prominent sahaba. And he is one of those that were promised Jannah. Our series is based on this. We spoke about this hadith in the first lesson. The ten who were granted Jannah. He is also one of the first of eight individuals to enter the faith of Islam. One of the five who embraced Islam at the hands of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. One of the six men of the consultative 
committee and one of those who stood firm with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam on the day of Uhud. Talha radiyallahu an he fought on the day of Uhud like an entire army. He protected Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam with his back and his hand leaving his hand to become paralyzed during this battle of Uhud. And the next few moments we are going to look at some of the highlights of Talha radiyallahu an with regards to the battle of Uhud. Now imagine my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam your love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam leads you to the fact that your hand became paralyzed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not asking this of us. But what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking us that your love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that you need to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبَكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَوْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ قُلْ أَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا This is what it comes down to. Let's say قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ that kul in kuntum tuhibbun Allah fattabi'uni yuhbibakum Allah that if you truly want to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you need to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then you will love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ that you need to take from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that which he gave you, which is from his sunnah. And leave off that which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left off, that he did not do with regards to ibadah. Your ibadah is in conformity with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is why the ulama of Ahlu sunnah, this is why the ulama they have explained that for two action, for your action to be accepted by Allah, you need two ingredients. Like when you cook food, when you bake a cake, you need ingredients. Like this, when you need your actions to be accepted by Allah, you need two ingredients. Number one, ikhlas li wajhillah. Sincerity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I cannot make salah so that the people can see, oh, mashallah, what a pious person. Or oh, I fasting, so everyone needs to know. That I fast on a Monday and Thursday. And how do I tell everyone? Ah, you know, um, I can't come eat with you today because I'm fasting. For what? Keep this amongst yourselves. Between other, baynak wa Allah. This is between you and Allah Azza wa Jal. And number two, you need to follow the teachings of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You need to know how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam worshipped Allah. For example, he says, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. So, 
make salah as if you have seen me make salah so you need to study you need to understand how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made salah khudu anni manasikakum it is a time of hajj khudu take from me manasikakum your manasik your hajj and all other examples of ibadah you take from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so Abu Nu'im he discusses in his book and he says that Talha ibn Ubaidullah was from among the famous distinguished luminaries and this man he was of bright conditions he had a big heart he was extremely wealthy and he spent in the way of Allah he says that Talha ibn Ubaidullah he fulfilled his vow and he gave loans to his Rabb In times of constraint and adversity, he sacrificed himself and in time and it, in times of liberty and prosperity, he spent his wealth in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. Imagine that we name our children after these men and women and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes them that they follow in the footsteps of the likes of Abu Bakr, of Talha, of Zubair, etc. So now we're going to shed some light on the role of Talha ibn Ubaidullah in the battle of Uhud. To realize the extent of love that he had for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is a fact which everyone acknowledged to the extent that the senior Sahaba, when discussing the battle of Uhud, they would speak with glowing faces and glowing terms about Talha radiallahu anhu's contribution on the day of Uhud. Now the day of Uhud, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, First of all, the battle of Uhud was after the battle of Badr. The battle of Badr, alhamdulillah, the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa they were victorious. So this led the Quraysh, they needed to take revenge. How can this small community, 300 and odd people, how can they beat us, the Quraysh, the mighty? So what do they do? They take to Uhud. And the Muslims, they need to come out again. And the day of Uhud started with the Muslims attacking and having some sort of victory. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he placed the archers on the hill, he told them to not come down until I command you to come down. When the archers been on the hill, they saw that the companions they were that were down at the bottom of the hill, that they were starting to distribute the war booty etc so what do they do well they saw some victory and they started to come down Khalid bin Walid at that time not being a Muslim fighting for the Quraysh he saw this being a great warrior he came from the back and he attacked the archers on the hill and martyred a lot of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this also led as we will see a bit later to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being injured so the first narration we look at, or the first story is brought to us from the mouth 
of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu an. He said, when you would speak about Uhud, he would weep and he would acknowledge that he said that ذَاكَ كُلُّ يَوْمُ That that entire day was for Talha ibn Ubaidullah radiyallahu an. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, you would say that when talking about Talha radiyallahu an, may Allah have mercy on him, undoubtedly he was the most useful to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of Uhud from all of us. So he was asked, how is this O Abu Ishaq? He explained, and he would say, that he stayed permanently at the side of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whilst on the other hand, we dispersed away from him and then returned to him quickly. This is war. Maybe they needed to go and go fight other brigades, etc. But Talha, he stayed with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam throughout the day. And I saw him circling Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, presenting him as a shield. He protected the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he made himself a shield, protecting the messenger from the, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from the kuffar, from the Quraysh. This in itself, if this is not a lesson of bravery and love for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then I do not know what is. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he wore two coats of armor on the day of Uhud. He tried to climb a boulder, but he was unable to. Talha radiyallahu an sat under Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used him as support and he climbed until he got over or onto the boulder. So basically, if you look at the picture, you try to paint a picture, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he cannot get up. Talha makes almost like a ladder, if you want to use this. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, uses this Talha to get up and get on the boulder. Zubay radiyallahu an. He continues and he says that I heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying Talha has made Jannah incumbent upon him. He performed such an action that made Jannah wajib upon him. Who is saying this? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's saying this. وَمَا يَنْتِكُ عَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى that he did not speak out of his own accord as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Najm. وَمَا يَنْتِكُ عَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى That he did not speak out of his own accord, but we inspired him, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he spoke. So during the battle, when confusion broke out in the ranks of the Muslims after the mistake of the archers and the mushrikeen, they gathered around Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, trying, or their desire was to kill Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Each of them pointed their swords, their spears and their arrows in his direction. For he knew well that the strength of the Muslims is hidden in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
existence amongst them. They knew if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam goes, then the ranks of the Muslims would be shaken. Imagine, this was the leader. This was the person that gathered him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So if he's killed, if he's martyred, then what would happen? The ranks of the Muslims, they would crumble. But here we see that Talha radiallahu an, through his bravery and his being the hero of the day, he looks towards the direction of the battlefield where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is. And he sees that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam has become a target. And he sees that the blood of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is oozing out of his cheek. And he goes into a frenzy. He loses all his senses. And his blood starts to boil. He comes to the rescue of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he starts fighting off the Quraysh. He starts fighting them. They try to attack Talha but he fights back. When he reaches Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he presents himself as a shield. And as a barrier from the arrows and spears. He stood like a boisterous army. Striking with his sharp sword. Right and left. And he attacked as if he was alone. And he was an entire army. Abu Bakr radiallahu an. Tells us of Talha's accomplishments. On the day of Uhud. And Aisha radiallahu an. She narrates from her father who said. I was the first to return on the day of Uhud. I saw a warrior fighting alongside the messenger of Allah to protect him. So I prayed, may it be Talha, after I already lost the opportunity. I said, it will be a man from my tribe who is the most beloved to me. Between me and the east is a man who I could not recognize. And I am closer to Rasulullah than him. However, he is moving at an express speed, which I am unable to do. It turns out to be Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah. We both reach Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. His tooth has been broken. He was injured in his face. And two of the links of the helmet has pierced into his cheeks. We took care of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Thereafter we came to Talha who lay in a pit only to find that approximately over his body was 70 stabs. There were cuts and strikes on him. And his finger was cut off so we took care of him as well. Jabir ibn Abdullah reports that he heard Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying Whoever desires to see a martyr walking on the face of the earth, he should look at Talha ibn Ubaidullah. Again, praise for Talha, showing us, teaching us how great this person as Talha radiallahu an was. Showing us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger says that Talha ibn Ubaidullah will be granted martyrdom.
My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, much more can be said with regards to Talha radiyallahu an and the day of Uhud. All these reports and coupled with others brings us to the same conclusion. And this conclusion is that Talha ibn Ubaidullah is amongst those who have been promised Jannatul Firdaus. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those that will enter into Jannah to Firdaus as well. Talha ibn Ubaidullah was a man of justice as well. And if you study his life, you will find that he had great honor and he was someone that needs to be admired. And despite his position and early Islam, whenever someone would question him about another person, he would always speak about the virtues and mention the rank of that individual. Even though the person accepted Islam later than him and the person was maybe less affluent than him. It is reported from Malik, Ibn Abi Amir, that he said that I was sitting with Talha, Ibn Ubaidullah, when a man entered and submitted him. And he said, Ya Aba Muhammad, referring to Talha, by Allah, we do not know whether this Yemeni is more knowledgeable about the messenger or you. He attributes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam what he did not say referring to Abu Huraira radiyallahu an Talha responded by saying by Allah there is no doubt that he heard from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam what we never and he learned what we did not we were affluent people with homes and families we would attend to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the morning and in the evening and return home Abu Huraira on the other hand was a poor person with no money with no wife and with no children his hands were perpetually with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's hand he went around with him wherever the messenger would go undoubtedly he learned what we did not, and he heard what we did not. None of us accused him of attributing to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam what he did not say. So here we see that Talha ibn Ubaidullah, he defends the honor of Abu Huraira radiyallahu an. The attack on Abu Huraira radiyallahu an is not something new to this ummah. People questioned Abu Huraira after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu and up until today, the enemies of Islam, whether it be the Orientalists, whether it be the Shia, whether it be the modernist, whoever it might be, they tend to attack Abu Huraira for a simple reason, that if you attack Abu Huraira and you can prove that Abu Huraira radiyallahu an has some contradiction in his ahadith etc, then you can take on Islam as a whole but my beloved brothers and sisters again we know that this ummah has produced men and women that protects the, the life and the honor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi and his companions and they protect the life and the honor of the ulama of this deen Talha radiyallahu an he understood the worth of others and he paid everyone their due right and respect and honor. 
This is something that we find evident in the previous ahadith about Abu Huraira and his praise for him. And we find that Talha radiallahu an, because of his love and his love for justice, that he protected Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well. The next topic is Talha in the caravan of the martyrs. So Talha radiallahu an, he passed away after the fitna overcame the Muslims. And we're not going to go into too much detail, but we spoke about this quite in detail in the life of Ali radiallahu an. And Talha radiallahu an, he passed away at the battle of Jaman. Subhanallah. And like we mentioned previously, this was a day of sadness for the Ummah. Because a man by the name of Amr ibn Jurmuz, he followed Talha, deceitfully he killed Talha whilst he was praying. And Talha radiallahu an was of the first martyrs of the battle of Jaman. And Zubair, which we will discuss next week, was also one of the martyrs. Al-Sha'bi reports that Ali radiallahu an, he spotted Talha thrown in a valley. So he descended into the valley and wiped the dust off his face and commented, It is burdensome for me, O Abu Muhammad, to see you fell in the valleys under the stars of the sky. To Allah alone do I complain of my emotional secrets and griefs. Talha radiallahu anhi was martyred according to reports on the t- Thursday the 10th of Jamadul Akhira, the year 36 of the Hijrah. And he was buried adjacent to the pasture. He was over 60 at the time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him. The miracles of the martyrs. After the death of Talha radiallahu an, a miracle happened, which is testimony to his virtue. His daughter Aisha bin Talha ibn Ubaidullah saw a father in a dream. And he told her, Oh my daughter, transport my body from this place because of the dampness which is harming me. She removed him from his grave after about 30 years and took him away from that seepage. His body was fresh without any change whatsoever. He was subsequently buried in Hijratain in Basra. Abdurrahman ibn Salama al-Taymi was responsible for exhuming his body and this is found in Tariq al-Dimashq. This, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, brings us to the end of the life of the prominent companion Talha ibn Ubaidullah and it has become apparent that is no doubt that Talha ibn Ubaidullah was among the truthful he was amongst the obedient was amongst the one that fulfilled his oath and he honored his oath with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. so this brings us to the end of this week's topic of Talha ibn Ubaidullah and next week bi'idhnillahi ta'ala we will be looking at Zubair ibn Awam 
and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He grants us the opportunity that we reach next week and that we can complete this beautiful series which speaks about the lives of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam based on the hadith of the Ashara wa Mubashara, the ten companions that were given the glad tidings of paradise. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.